Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. Creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Blog Access 101 Podcast. Follow us on social media at Blog Access 101 on Twitter and Instagram. Special shout out to our sponsor, Hibachi Productions. Use our discount code Block Access 101 on HibachiProductions.com to get 20% off. Welcome back to Block Access 101. This is episode 25. I'm your host, Young Hibachi. Follow us on social media at Block Access 101 on Twitter and Instagram. We're here today for part two of training for the pandemic with Wellington Zaza. Uh, Wellington, give him your um, social medias. Hey guys, my name is Wellington Zaza. You can follow me at I am I A M Z A Z A dot W. Once again, I A M Z A Z A dot W on Instagram, um, Twitter. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it is at R I P Q White. All right, all right. Jump right into it. Um, first, give the audience um, a brief um, intro of who you are, starting from like high school up until now, with your career. Well, well, as you guys know, my name is Wayne Zaza. Um, a brief synopsis of who I am. Um, leading up high school, I am a multiple-time high school national champ, uh, state record holder in multiple events, um, state medalist in multiple events. Uh, and also in college, I'm a 12-, 13-time NCAA All-American, um, two-time world championship qualifier, uh, one-time Olympic qualifier, hopefully to be two-time uh, for just this year. All right, so I raised you well. Um, first, what was your first reaction? Yeah, yeah you did. You did. <laughs> what, was, what was your first reaction when um, the Summer Olympics 2020 was canceled? Um, quite frankly, uh, my, my, my first reaction, I was kind of like happy because, you know, I just recently started my journey with, with the new coach. Um, so it kind of like gave me the ability to now finally be able to train under this new coach and learn his, his new his new coaching cues, his new coaching techniques, and just a few other things that, that are that are fairly new to me that I wasn't really adjusted to as a yet. So it's giving me a, like 200 to 300 more odd days and in, in, in extra to kind of like get ready for. Oh, yeah, I hear that. Uh, what are some difficulties you face while training in the uh, pandemic? Well, I will say uh, there's there's like three things that, that, that definitely did play a factor during this uh, pandemic. For one, it was uh, it, it was definitely the fact that when they closed all the tracks, that was very, very hectic because we were now making uh, makeshift workouts that kind of complements where we were originally supposed to be doing. Um, so, and then the second thing was trying to stay motivated because, for one, they postponed that season, so nobody knew exactly what was going to happen. So we didn't. We thought that there wasn't a season. So there, there were times where I got kind of lackadaisical, and but at the same time, they're telling us to be ready. You can't, you can't tell me to be ready, but then tell me my season's canceled. So it was kind of like a limbo between staying mentally motivated. Um, and just ready, I, 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 honestly. Yeah, I know that probably was like crazy mentally because, you know, I mean, people hope, was hoping that it was going to still happen since it's every four years. But then, you know, with the, with the health complications, right. you come from like different countries, I feel like that probably would have just made that uh, right crazy because you don't know who got what because everybody got different health care. So, um, right. Yeah. Has there, has there been anything of normality in your training before COVID up until now in the pandemic? Uh, no, not really. Everything everything is just, like, normal. Like, honestly, my life is the same before and after the pandemic, so I don't even have to change anything. All right. All right. That's a blessing. Um, what was the biggest thing you took for granted in your training before COVID that you never will take again? With the pandemic, uh, the, 
the biggest thing that I took for, for granted is the fact that I am a professional athlete and the fact that I have to always be ready. Um, quite frankly, I always, you know, I mean, was that type of athlete to take things in stride and just, quite frankly, just wait and um, and see what, what things will happen, you know what I mean? But during this pandemic actually showed me that you have to be ready at this point. Um, like you, you really got to be ready whenever it's time to get ready. And without this pandemic, I don't think I would have ever like really, really get grasped that concept of being ready. Yeah, stay ready, saying guy, get ready. Uh, uh, what? Right. So, uh, what athlete do you look up to the most, and why? Um, the the athlete I look up to the most is uh, Usain Bolt. Um, reason being is because he knows the the keys, man. You know, like keys being like you know the ability to to have fun and be a, a fierce competitor, you know, like just the way how he, you know, I met him personally, you know, just the way how he goes about, you know I mean? His craft is like always like finding ways to like keep the highest level of pressure, you know, kind of like a at a chill level, you know? Um, he taught me a lot of, a lot of life lessons where, you know, where you should always count on yourself and, and no matter if ever anyone else going to count on you, you know? Um, yeah, but yeah. that's, that's really the reason why, you know, I, I choose him, man, because, he he is the best that's ever ever been in the sport, and the way how I go, I see him handling his business. You know what I'm saying? As if like he was like not the best. You know what I'm saying? He he still keeps himself humble, and he still is a is a relatable person and just like you know down to earth. Definitely, greatest of all time. Um, do you think the the pandemic has hindered your training, and if so, why? Yes, it has hindered my training. Um, it has hindered my training because, um, you know, I, the the pandemic hit mid mid training where there was a cycle where we, we were going to get into competition mode. So I went through a whole bunch of preseason preseason training, and then right right in the midst of uh, competition mode, it stopped. So we had to take like about a month off. So it did hinder that month. But so now with this pandemic still in form. Um, our coach is kind of like slowing us down, you know what I mean? Because we, we, we started quote-unquote preseason training or fall training um, in shape already from the previous c continuation of COVID stopping everything. So now we're, we're hindering us because coach is taking his own little time and making us like sort of kind of uh, take our time and do tempo runs rather than when it's around this time, we should, we should, we should pretty much be start hitting like fast time race, races and runs and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's hinder in the, in the terms of um, conditioning and, and tempo runs and just like, you know what I mean, like a slow upbringing of, of, of the season. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's, uh, it's crazy because I know, I know with you being a hurdle, they probably got all that stuff locked up. Um, so yeah, that, yeah, they definitely do have everything locked up. I know you can't get on certain, you cannot get on certain, um, you, get, you cannot get on certain, um, you cannot get on certain certain tracks and, and things like that, but you know for the most part, it, it it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty uh cool because you know uh, we have a little mini hurdle, so we we, we were able to kind of like um kind of like maneuver through little hurdles, you know, what I mean? just to keep just to keep the momentum going, you know, it doesn't have to be at a high hurdle, but you know we can get on the little mini hurdles and stuff like that, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, so I know that really hurt the hurdles, um, but yeah, I'm glad y'all got find out way to improvise. Uh, so what are some of your goals for this upcoming season? Um, some of my goals is, um, for one, I would love to be finish the season indoor top 20 in the world. Um, and then the next one uh, would definitely be to qualify for world indoors and then go to the Olympics, you know? The hell yeah, brother. Thank you, thanks. Yeah, man. that's <laughs> – I think that. Um, so anything else you want to add to it or – um, no, nah, not really. You know what I mean? It was, it was a pleasure. Other than other than it, it's a pleasure, man. You know what I mean? You reaching out to me and, and being on, on this podcast, man, like, it definitely means a lot to me um, to be featured on this. You know, I'm very much appreciative of you giving me the time and your effort. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's something that's rare, you know, uh, and I really much appreciate that. Oh, yeah, no problem, brother. Appreciate you coming up, man. Make, make your father proud this year. <laughs> uh, thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. All right, brother B, you just stay safe out there. All right, man, you too. Take care. Thank you again, man. Appreciate it. No problem, brother. Yeah.
All right, welcome back. We're going to jump right into it with NBA draft top 10 predictions. Um, I'll let Ashley start off first. So, <laughs> I mean, I haven't really, I mean, I haven't really been into the, the draft scene, seeing that we didn't really have college basketball last year uh, other than um, – I mean, we didn't have March Madness, essentially. Uh, so I haven't really been in, in the draft, but uh, I'm sure Anthony Edwards will go first, um, like everybody else. Uh, James Wiseman, I got him going second. Oh, man. Yeah. I do. Uh, and, and then and then Mellow Ball will probably go after him. I'll just do the top five. I don't want to go through the top ten, but I'll just go through right, cool. the top five. Uh, that that Denny kid, I don't really know how to say it. He's from Israel. Oh yeah, um, I, like I, I like I like the kid. Um, and then I'll say Obi after that. Shout out Obi. Oh man! All right, uh, <laughs> all right, go ahead, AJ. Yo, um, yeah, man, it's the same for me. Like the draft, especially this year, where it's been it's such a weird, um, such a weird compilation of players. There really isn't a standout star. Um, mm -hmm. I actually think the whispers of Minnesota trying to take mellow ball at one might be warranted. Um, mm. and again, this is like another weird year where like somebody might actually be trying to trade out of having the top pick that doesn't mm -hmm. normally happen in the NBA, but, um, I'll, I'll say mellow ball at one. Um, I do think the Warriors best bet is either James Wiseman or trade down. Um, if I if I really had to bet on it, I'd say they trade down. But James Wiseman is probably the smart pick there. Uh, Charlotte at three would take Anthony Edwards. Uh, I'd probably say Obi Toppin at four to Chicago. Uh, and hard to say who Cleveland is is going to take, but uh, assuming they they'd probably take a guard, someone like a Killian Hayes might be a surprise in the top five. Oh man, so um, yeah, I like what you said with the wires and pick. You know, I think that's the the best pick for the Warriors, unless they trade it for a star player, which I think they might probably do if they don't if they don't show it on James Wiseman, because I don't really see Lamelo Ball panning out with them. Or uh, I, I had Anthony Edwards going first in Minnesota. I feel like they can't mess up this draft. Um, their 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 franchise has been in abysmal since KG left. And Kevin Love, oh my goodness, they're terrible. Um, so yeah, I got Minnesota taking Anthony Edwards at one, uh, Golden State taking James Wiseman at two. Uh, I got Lamella Ball going to Charlotte. Um, I don't think I think they probably move on from Malik Monk um, and pair him with Graham, who should have won Most Improved Player last year. Still don't understand how that didn't happen. Uh, he was average of four points and went up to seventeen. A game. It's crazy. All right. Um, I got the Cavaliers taking OB at five. Um, I think they're going to probably get rid of Kevin Love. Um, be a good way to pair him with Drummond. I also think they'd probably get rid of Drummond unless they really are high on him. Um, but I, I don't see it. Uh, Atlanta Hawks, I got them getting a kid from Israel, uh, Denny. Uh, I feel like he's a great scorer. Um, I love the fundamentals. The only thing that scares me is he's only averaging like four points in the League, So I'm kind of just kind of reluctant to see how he comes and playing in the big boy lead. It might, I'm, if I was him, I'd put him in the G League for a little bit to get his feet wet. Um, I love the kid from Florida State. Uh, I don't know why he was mad because they sound, they were trying to put up some rumors he was changing his shot. I, I was like, yeah, his stock for the fall. But I got him going seven to the Pistons. They need a two guard desperately. Um, same with the New York Knicks. They need a two guard as well. When we made RJ Barrett in three. So I got them taking a the kid, Isaac, from Auburn. Uh, the ninth, this is going to get tricky. I got uh, the kid from the power forward from USC. I don't know how to say his name. Or is it Anyika? There we go. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then in my last pick, I got I got, I got a steal. I'm, I'm picking 10th. With a 10th pick, I either got RJ Hampton sneaking back into the top 10 or Cole Anthony. Even though I pray it doesn't happen because I pray he comes to fully in the draft. And if he's there – our pick and we don't pick him I'm gonna need a new TV because I'm gonna be pissed um, yeah. Yeah, that's my top 10 anybody want to add to that yeah I, I just I just think uh throwing in there um 
first of all, I agree with you on, on Halliburton out of, out of FSU. Um, like you said, the, the shot change was a little odd. I don't know who advised him to do that. Um, but from all accounts, it seems like he's the type of guy that's really going to work. Um, and guys like that tend to always be in the gym working on their shot. So I, that doesn't really bother me. Um, but from all accounts, Halliburton is the type of guy that uh, the NBA is going to love. He's a wing. He can defend. He can knock down threes. Honestly, I think if the Warriors were picking a little lower and maybe if they do trade down, Halliburton is the type of guy they would pick up in the draft, a type of guy who can actually play minutes in the playoffs. The Warriors are looking for guys who can play big minutes in big situations. Not sure James Wiseman can really do that right off the bat. So might be the type of guy the Warriors try to trade down and get. Um, and then also, what what is what are you guys' impression on Anthony Edwards? Is he is he going to be the best player in this draft? Oh, he's is definitely he, the best player. I, I always said Lamelo Bell was the first player, best player, and I was like anybody that said different was obviously delusional. But I like I like his game. He had a good, pretty good uh, year at Georgia. But um, Lamelo Ball is by far the best player in this draft. Um, so if I, he's the best, I, why wouldn't you take him one? Um, I, I don't think they want to deal with his father. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I feel like I feel like MJ probably can deal with his father because he's MJ. AJ wants to tell him to shut up. Interesting. I well, agree. <laughs> I agree <laughs> with all of that. Don't nobody want to deal with a uh, pop a ball. Interesting. Interesting. I, I I don't know. I think I think in a draft like this, to me, looking at it from the outside, there really isn't a consensus number one guy. I think if you think a guy is number one you might as well take him. Even if even if you ended up in a situation like Cleveland uh, years back uh, uh, taking Anthony Bennett, uh, they thought he was the best guy in the draft. It was a complete bust, but there wasn't really a, a, a special player in that draft. I don't know. I, I think I think if, if you think Mellow Ball is the best guy and he's really going to be a superstar, you might as well take him. You could, you could you know, deal with LeVar at some point. Um. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I don't. But I don't. I don't see anybody in Minnesota dealing with that. I feel like Charlotte's probably the best bet for him. Um. I know damn sure the Warriors not taking him. Um. But yeah. Yeah. yeah there's there's no way. There's Kyler. no way the Warriors would would take him. Like you said, the uh, uh they they have a a, a stock backcourt already, and the Warriors definitely don't need any any drama with uh with Papa Ball. But I also think Lamella Ball's best fit is is Charlotte, though. For me, looking yeah. just looking at the top five, I think that's the best fit. Or I mean, maybe Chicago, but I I rather him go to Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't I don't want to go there. I feel like, but yeah, who said they that the, the Chicago is picking another big man? They got too many big men to begin with. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, I. I, I said that they they should uh they should pick a guard. Oh okay, that was um, yeah. like, hold on. I mean they got way too many uh. The the trade that that really interests me actually, uh, and I do think this could this has the potential to be a really trade heavy draft. The trade that really interests me is Lowry Markkinen to the Warriors. Um, if if mm. potentially potentially the Warriors and Bulls swapping picks and. And Laurie Markin and ending up on the Warriors. Um, he from day one has been the perfect fit for the Warriors, in my opinion. Um, stretch five, mm. obviously. Uh, you know, not the greatest defender, but it's, you know, he's he's a seven footer. He can protect the rim on defense. But the man is a sharp shooter. And um, quiet quiet as it's kept, ever since KD joined the Warriors, they really haven't had anyone else as a knockdown shooter outside of. Steph, Clay, and KD. Um, they everyone else has kind of been just ball movers. If they can get another knockdown shooter to put next to Steph and Clay in, in the in the upcoming season, it would be uh, a big get for them, in my opinion. I just don't think the Bulls would be willing to part ways with Laurie this early. Oh, if they do, man, I know I'm picking a fantasy. <laughs> I think pleasure. But uh, who who do you guys have as early favorites uh, coming out of the draft? Before we, I know I know there's a lot of trades to be had coming up. 
uh, Woj is reporting that uh, the Lakers are in serious talks to get Dennis Schroeder. Yes, uh, but but who, who who would you guys have as favorites right now going into the season? This is before or after free agency. This is before. This is right now. Who would you guys have as favorites? We're talking about before. I'm definitely going – I hate to say it, but I'm definitely going to probably say Lakers back-to-back. There okay. you go. There you go. Oh, my goodness. That's good, Rob. I hurt myself. <laughs> That's oh. so good, Rob. Well, you know where I stand. I right. mean, we're going we're going to back to back. I think we're gonna make a lot of moves in the offseason. It's only a little bit of offseason left, but I think we're gonna make some um substantial additions. We're not gonna keep the same team. I mean Dennis Schroeder is cute, but I think something else is coming. Yeah, I know who I know you're hoping Danny Green's out of there. Oh, he, he has to go to Mexico. I don't just get him out. He has to go. I hear that. So what do you think, AJ? The, I mean, uh, so uh, I think I think the inclination to to, to have the worry, uh, to have the Lakers as the favorite is probably smart. Um, their team is, you know, obviously just won a title. They're probably most battle tested right now. The Warriors have a lot of work to do. Hard for me to go against Stephen Clay, though. Hard for me to go against Stephen Clay. Those those two guys went to five straight finals. Are, are you four? What you say? Mm. Are you a Warriors fan? Am I a Warriors fan? Uh, I'm I'm a big I'm a big Steph guy. Um, I wouldn't necessarily. Okay. Say, I'm a Lakers fan. Grew up a Laker fan. Um, but I'm a big Steph guy, and I think Steph is um, you know, the greatest point guard of our generation. Uh, the second greatest point guard. Wow. I'm. Um, wow. I mean, those are those are just facts. I mean, there, there's wow. no. There's, those are just those are just facts. There's nobody else in this generation touching Steph Curry. Uh, the only point guard in the history of the game uh, ahead of Steph Curry is Magic Johnson. Um, and, wow! And so Steph Curry, Steph Curry is an absolute legend, um, a living legend already. Um, three-time champ, coming off a year where obviously he was injured, but he also, you know, the Warriors just needed a reset. They needed they needed a lot of rest. Uh, five straight finals. That's tough on your body, plus all the drama that KD brought to the team. Um, I, I think they really needed that reset. They're going to be a lot sharper. Really, hopefully, Clay stays healthy. Um, and same thing with Steph. Ultimately, that's that's the biggest thing with those two guys is can they stay healthy? Um, Steph just has a myriad of injuries on his resume at this point, um, and he's obviously getting older. But it's hard to go against those two guys. They're battle-tested. Five straight finals, uh, three and one against LeBron in the finals. Um, so I, I think I think if they make some some decent roster moves, and again they got to add some shooting. Um, it's good to have the two greatest shooters of all time, but if you don't surround them with guys who can make shots uh, and make plays, it you know with those guys aging and coming off of injuries, it could be a little difficult to put all that on their shoulders. Uh, but yeah, the the Lakers. The Lakers have some roster moves to make. I really don't – I really do think uh, you, you, you look at the, the champions of the last 20 years uh, since, the, since the new uh, millennium, and uh, I would – you know, obviously you look at the 04 Pistons and you look at the 2011 Dallas Mavericks as the weakest title teams. I think the 2020 Lakers are probably right around there. Um, wow. They, I mean, I, I, and that's just, again, a very, a very weak, very weak uh, field in the NBA bubble. Um, not to mention the fact that, again, we're in such a weird, it was such a weird situation. No fans. It was really, uh, like Scottie Pippen said, it was, uh, it was basically pick up basketball at a very high level. Um, so, you know, very odd situation. I'm not fully sure that I'm, here to say that the Lakers are going to repeat off the bat, but they're, they're probably the favorites. Well, I love what you said. I was hoping you, I was, I was glad you said Steph Curry's number two. I was praying you was going to say number one, so appreciate he, it. He, he has, see, I, 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 I appreciate winning and I have to stay consistent. Steph, Steph needs to win two more titles to really be considered in that magic range. Um, and that's, but I think he's motivated to do that. I think he's got that Kobe blood that, Jordan Blood, where he's really motivated to get to that five, six, seven, 
and in title range so he can really stake his claim. So it'll be interesting to see if they can make that happen uh, up in the Bay Area. Uh, yeah, you know. Uh, we just got to see how Clay comes back. Um, see how that goes. Um, I just need my Sixers to make just something happen in this offseason. Just something. We already we we did we did good at the first part getting the right. Uh, I guess I don't know what you call Daryl Marvin. They say, uh, yeah, president of operations because I don't know why he's not considered the GM. I don't understand Elton Brand to get fired, but it is what it is. Um, good to see Doc there, but you know we just gotta get some players there. Uh, but I'll tell you, who's not a favorite. The Clippers. Tyron Lue ruined all that. Terrible, terrible move. Then I see they're trying to go after Westbrook. <laughs> Unbelievable. It just gets worse for Clipper Nation. The the I as as um uh, as the uh, number one Clipper hater, uh, I would love Westbrook uh, to play to play for the Clippers. That would be amazing. Just an absolute train wreck. Yeah, they said they said that. Um, what they tell me? Yeah, they were saying that KD didn't like um, not KD. Kawhi probably didn't like Paul George. I was like, oh, he would hate Russell Westbrook. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, they, they're both from the area. Um, and I think, I, I think uh, that's probably, they, they probably built a relationship working out together in the off seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I, probably the same way, the same way Kawhi and PG hooked up in the first place. Um, so I, I can only assume that that would be Kawhi's thinking, hey, I like this guy. I've worked out with him. We have a relationship. Let's try to make something happen. It doesn't work basketball-wise. Russell Westbrook's making any team he joins at this point worse. Yes, I've been saying it for years. And then people finally realized that when he went to Houston. I said, I've been telling you all this for years. See, the reason why he lost to the Heat in, uh, what was it? I forgot what year it was, 2011, 2012, one of them years. 2011. Yeah. And he fouled Mario Chalmers on that bonehead three and lost him $350. I've hated him ever since. <laughs> oh my god we gotta we gotta do a podcast like your worst gambling losses rob oh yes oh man that, that's definitely that's definitely top two no question no question <laughs> russell westbrook Ugh, lord Can't yeah I, wherever no matter where he goes um it, it's gonna it's gonna blow up um I think the the best bet is probably to put him on a. If I was a team that was tanking and and trying to get a top pick, um, and trying to build out my roster for years down the road, I think Russ would be a good pickup because he it it can literally be his team. He can put up as many stats as he wants, and you know you won't win games. So you can it'll be pretty. It could sell tickets, and you'll lose. Um, and then it's it's almost the best of both worlds. So if I was a team like maybe the Knicks. Um, although I think the Knicks are probably at the point where they want to start winning soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, I, if I was a team like the Knicks or even the Thunder, Russ, Russ's agent has been putting that Thunder thing back out into the open of like, yeah. I, want, I want to be the floor general again. It seems to me like the Thunder are, are at tanking mode at this point. They're trying to get rid of anybody that can help them win. Why not go pick up Russ again and mm-hmm. run that back and sell tickets and tank? Yeah, I mean, that's crazy to go back to OKC. If that happens, 2020 has been a wild year. Um, yeah, I just – I saw one report. He was talking about – it was a while ago. They were talking about we might go after him. I said, oh, hell no. We already got enough train wreck in Philly. We need more crazy people. Um, all right, let's go into the Rooney rule with the NFL – Offering draft higher draft pick to people that have uh, black coaches on their team or uh, in the front office. I'll let Ash to start us off. Not. Is that what? I said, let me go last because I have a lot to say about this. Say less. All right, AJ, you have to start it off. Uh, well, my, my first reaction is um, just rack up all the go ahead and rack up all those draft picks for the Chiefs right now. Um, uh, the Chiefs have developed the next great star NFL head coach, Eric Bieniemy, the god, the legend. Um, shout out Andy Reid with the best coaching tree ever. Uh, Doug Peterson and a myriad of assistants that went on to do great things. Eric Bieniemy is next. 
Um, I believe uh, if if I'm getting if I'm getting my facts straight, the Chiefs would get three compensatory picks oh, for uh, it's either two or three. I can't I can't fully remember, but they're they're gonna get a, a bunch of picks for developing Eric Bieniemy into a head coach. So shout out to that. Um, it's bribe it's it's bribery at at its weirdest level. There's not really a whole lot to even be said about it. Um, I don't know. At least the NFL is doing something to try to incentivize uh, developing minority head coaches. But to me, it's it's kind of like whatever. Like it it behooves NFL owners to develop better talent. Um, why not just do it? Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, I feel like you guys get a lot of picks. Yeah, I feel like he's gonna be a great uh, coach, Eric, uh, NFL coach of some team. Um, hope it might be the Jets because Lord knows they need somebody. Help. Goodness, um, but yeah, I also think this, you know the Steelers definitely gonna get some picks because Mike Tomlin, one of the greatest, in my opinion, football head coaches of all time. I would love to have him in Dallas, but you know, doing well. But so, so from what I understood, though, isn't it isn't it that the team that develops him would get the picks? So it wouldn't be the team that hires him. It, it would be the team that developed him. So in that case, I, I believe Tomlin stopped before Pittsburgh all those years ago at this point was Minnesota. So uh, I, I believe it's the team that develops the head coach would it, get would get the picks. Yeah, it it is. It's the, the NFL owners approved the proposal that will reward the teams essentially that have minority coaches and front office executives that becomes head coaches and general managers for another team. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm tripping. All right. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like, yeah, I don't, I don't that means y'all getting more picks that y'all don't even damn need. To, <laughs> uh, but I, I feel like, if, like they shouldn't have to bribe people to bring in African-American talent. Um, well, you know, this is America. So, you know, you know, that's, this is how it goes. Um, you got to bribe people to do what's right. Um, exactly. Yeah, I feel like Eric uh, Benjamin would be a, good coach in the future. Um, I feel like if Mike McCarthy keeps playing coaching like he did, if he doesn't do well next year, come on over to Dallas, brother. Come on over to Dallas. I would I would seriously love that. Um, shouts, out, shouts out to EB, man. Um, he should already be a head coach. I look around the landscape and some of these dudes, like you said, Mike freaking McCarthy and, and uh, Jerry Jones didn't even, didn't even interview Eric Bieniemy. Um, it's, it's, it's really, it's really a slap in the face. Eric, I feel bad for the guy, even though I would love to keep him around in KC forever. Um, but yeah, I, I, like you said, I, I don't, I don't understand why they need to bribe people to, to develop good talent. Uh, it's not like, it's not like there's a shortage of black players, uh, to be a pipeline into coaching. Um, it, it's just, it's just straight up BS at this point. So... As you know, I have a lot to say about this, and I have a huge issue with this because, as as you know, Rob, I don't know if he knows, I'm working on my PhD, and this is my research interest. My research focus is racial racial diversity in sport organizations, and as we know, the sport industry is extremely white male dominated, both the league office and the coaching landscape, and the NFL as a whole is one of the worst leagues if we're looking at leagues and comparisons. In reference to specifically racial diversity and gender diversity, they're horrible, and. And, you know, a few years ago, they instituted the Rooney Rule, the original Rooney Rule, which is one team must interview one racial minority for coaching jobs. And that's horrible as well, because mostly teams, like you said, already know who they are going to hire. And they are simply wasting racial minorities' times, and they're just doing it because it's protocol, which gets us nowhere in reference to the advancement of racial, racial minorities in sport organizations. So the rule itself is just, you know, craft, crafting a narrative that shows they're progressive for public perceptions when actually they're not. So this specific proposal, this new reward system is detrimental. First of all, they are rewarding teams for doing nothing. They are rewarding the teams that loses minority coaches and front office staff that become GMs and head coaches for other teams. That's paradoxical and just backwards in nature. If you're going to reward any team, reward the team that promoted them. I'm not, I'm not into any rewards for, in, for those types of things, but if you want to reward any team, reward the team that promotes them. And also I have an issue with this call. They're calling this a de development mechanism. How is this developing minority leaders? It's not. 
development really starts at that foundational level and they're not developing anything. So this whole reward mechanism makes no sense to me. And my biggest issue is that it just does not get to the root of issue. The root of the issue, which is the lack of racial diversity. Yes, in coaching, everybody talks about coaching, but a bigger issue is, is within those front offices. So yeah, so I, I just have a huge issue with this and it does nothing for the advancement of racial minorities. They're simply just putting a pretty bow on the messy challenge they have, which is front office racial and gender diversity. It's just, it's a mess. So I hate it in a nutshell. It's horrible. It's, it's it's all it's all a smokescreen, right? Actually, like it's it's all um it's all it's all PR public perception type stuff. It it doesn't really do anything um substantial. It's just hey, look, we we have reward people for hiring blacks. Um, it it, it doesn't it doesn't do anything to, for me. Um, but I I can't expect anything better from the NFL at this point. They've never shown any type of uh real initiative to to try and change things for the better i mean they literally blackballed a guy out of the league four years ago so i, I mean this is not they, they didn't just flip the switch in 2020 and say we're now this big progressive league so i'm i'm not surprised yeah and the thing is the nfl keeps doing this right like they instituted the rooney rule a couple years ago and then they've been doing all these dumb extensions which are doing nothing and now they have this new proposal which is doing nothing so they keep putting this pretty bow on this terrible ugly issue so yeah the nfl is horrible and they continue to show themselves as horrible but hey it'll continue to show to a lot of people like hey we're doing something for minorities when in actuality they're not doing anything exactly yeah, I just feel as though the NFL is 70% black, and I don't even think we're 10, have 10% coaches in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. It makes, make it makes zero sense. Crazy. Zero sense. Yeah. But, you know, this is America, so it's always uh, racism at its finest. And, you know, and I feel like the NFL been doing a lot of BS moves over the years, like especially like one of my main topics is domestic violence. Um, I feel like their their plan was a bunch of BS. They're just trying to accommodate to more women fans. That's why they brought in the pink with the breast cancer. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like they, as they see that more women are becoming football fans, they're trying to appease to their fan base. But I, I, I don't think they really care about that issue either. They're just trying to make their money. Because um, if not, it would have been like 10 years ago, they just brushed it under the rug. Um, but, yeah, I, I never really – you know, NFL was always – my mom was probably one of the most racist, racist sports out, outside of – uh, NASCAR, um, but so I never always been a big fan. I think the most progressive league of our permanently is probably the NBA. Um, they made they've been doing the right coaches wise and getting rid of these racist ass people. Um, I think NFL still needs to work on that because it's a lot of idiots in the NFL as owners and GMs. But that's a story for another day. Um, so yeah, I just. I, I mean, it's good. I wish I wish we would have got some more black head coaches so we can get these draft picks. But I, I just feel like <laughs> I don't. I really don't think you should bribe somebody to do the right thing. But you know, uh, well, just look at just look at a guy like Andy Reid, and I'm really not trying to toot his horn. Uh, I I don't think uh, the the Chiefs are a part of the same organization. I really don't. I'm not trying to say the Chiefs are freaking special uh, uh, or uh, you know some type of magical place, magical organization. But look at a guy like Andy Reid where he hires his players to be his assistants. A guy like a Doug Peterson who was a backup QB all those years for Andy. A guy like an Eric Bieniemy who played under him. Uh, a guy like a Deuce Staley uh, coming in and being an assistant coach and now is moving up the ranks of coaching. He hires guys who play for him and – like like you said, Rob, there it's a seventy percent black league. It makes no sense that there aren't more black assistant coaches who are moving up coaching ranks and becoming um, more and more, uh, you know, popular as potential head coaching candidates. A guy like a Kellen Moore became a star out of nowhere at thirty, when uh, there are plenty of, of of black coaches who who could have done that job. You know what I mean? So no, I ain't gonna lie right there. He he he. he uh, okay, I can't let you do that. Kellen Moore done a just done a hell of a job in Dallas. Has he? Bro, that you see how Dak career picked up? Dak Dak has always had the talent, and yes, Dak has put up some amazing stats, and he was putting up amazing stats before he got hurt. I hope he comes back. 
oh, yes. uh, better than ever. Um, I, I, I can't, like, I can't get behind that though. I, it's, I don't think Kellen Moore has done anything super special. I mean, he um, has it, but he made he, what he did was he fit the offense around the way Dak plays, and it, and Dak is thrive from it. I, I, I guess so. I, I, what I think has happened is Dak has matured as a passer, and he also has a lot of weapons to throw to. Um, you, you look at a guy like a CD Lamb, uh, and, and you look at all, just all the the myriad of talent he has at the receiver position. Uh, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's Kellen Moore's doing. Um, but again. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. What I'm saying is a guy like him to jump, jump the coaching ranks and become an offensive coordinator so early, you would never see a black coach get, uh, get that type of uh, mo- uh, promotion that early. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's no question with that. Yeah, that's definitely. Um, and especially a guy like a Kellen Moore who was a career backup. Um, even in the NBA, you look at some of these black coaches who jump the line. They have to be superstars. You look like a Jason kid, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you have to be superstars. There, there's no way they, they would ever let a, a role player, uh, someone of a Kellen Moore type of ilk. Uh, Tyron Lue, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he didn't, he didn't jump the line though. Ty, Ty didn't jump the line. Ty, Ty did the assistant coach thing for a while. That is true. Uh, and then, you know, he, he happened to be in the right place at the right time with, uh, with LeBron James in Cleveland. So I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying Kellen Moore's a bad coach. I'm just saying that uh, that, that to me, it kind of signifies where we're at, where um, more, we just need to, they just need to develop more black coaches. Um, it, it's, it shouldn't be difficult. We, we know this. It's not like, it's not like these black players don't know the game. All right, we're going to get into our last two topics. We're going to start it off with the Gucci versus Jeezy. Uh, who do you got, uh, AJ? Uh, definitely, definitely got to roll with my man Gucci, man. Like, he, his, uh, his discography is freaking amazing. Uh, I, I, still, I still sit back and listen to the, to the old school State versus Rager Davis from back in the day, man. Uh, but I, I, I think the biggest thing is just that these two dudes are going to be Presumably, presumably they've been doing these uh these verses in a room, right? So they're gonna be in a room together and everything. I I I, I pray they don't do that because um that that's not gonna end well. It's not gonna end well. <laughs> I, I'm I'm just super intrigued to see how this goes. Now I don't know if it's about to be virtual or if uh or if they're gonna be in a room together, but I I feel like there could be some fireworks, and um I'm just looking forward to that, man. I. I you know, I don't like to see my brothers beefing uh, not anybody. I don't like to see none of my black brothers beefing. So uh, I hope I hope they can, you know, come together and figure something out. But uh, I'm I'm just shocked that they were able to even make this happen. So I I think uh, the intrigue of seeing these two dudes together is is going to be uh, interesting. Now, what's the what's the backstory on the beef? I'm not, not I'm not super plugged into to some of the beef stuff. What what's the backstory on them? So I guess they had some beef. Jesus sent one of his homeboys over there try to I guess try to kill Gucci, and Gucci killed that nigga. And then maybe I don't know if you listen to that John when he's rapping about it. When he's talking about he how he killed his homeboy. First of all, that's why I lost respect for Jesus right there. You letting a nigga walk the street to kill your homeboy? I don't get that. Then and then it, get, it just got even better when I had saw that um, when he said me versus the snow cone. I said, oh, this versus is going to be epic. <laughs> oh my god um i I'm, I'm looking forward to it man uh i i think uh this will probably be the most highly anticipated one in my eyes at least uh you know a lot of the times this stuff i'm like i could just listen to their playlist for real for real like i don't really need to hear them uh play songs back to back uh, but this would be interesting just to see, just to see the messiness. Uh, I, I live, I live for the negativity. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be on my Twitter fingers watching along with this one. This would be hilarious. Yeah. I just, um, I, I feel like once they go to the new, new era music they've been putting out, I, I just feel like it gets ugly from there. Um, I don't think any, GZ has anything that can match up, but I get the bag back on road. Uh, what's the other joint he got with Drake? Mm, talking about Gucci? Yeah. Hmm. I, I cannot remember. 
first day out there. I, I don't I don't see anything that Jeezy has that's competing with that from the new era. Um, I, Gucci got him by a little bit with the with the old music. Um, I feel like once he plays, I think I love her. It's a rap for Jeezy. I think I love her. Yeah, um, rap. Yeah, man. You know, also you got got lemonade. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a classic. What's the what's the joint, man? The the other classic joint, uh, uh that that one too. Um, what's the what's the joint? Uh, first I get a name, then I get a number. Then I get some brain in the backseat of the. Um, like yeah, like to to me to me Gucci. I, if I I'm I'm gonna go to Gucci first if I'm trying to listen to some some ATL some trap music. Um, I know Jeezy definitely got some uh, some bangers. He's got a couple of hits, but I, I think I think Gucci's catalog is just a little longer, in my opinion. So I I, I go with I go with uh you know the, the Gucci man, but you know it, it'll be interesting to see. Oh, Freaky um, Girl, Freaky Girl. That, that, that's what that that's what I was that's what I was talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so you know he's just got he's got so many classics. Uh. Brother, brother Jeezy has got a couple. He's got a couple hits for the streets, but I don't think he's he's messing with Gucci's catalog. I um, mean, once he, once he plays Soul Soul Survivor, uh, what's it? What's the other joint? I put on. I put on. Almost yeah, that joint ain't that joint ain't gonna rock any Gucci John. But the Super Freak, <laughs> okay, that joint is a hit. <laughs> that joint is definitely a hit. Uh, if he maybe play balling. I I guess, but like, what else? I I don't know. Aside, honestly, aside from put on, what what other? Oh, uh, definitely soul survivor. And then after that, it's like, all right, this is this is where it gets ugly. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't see anything uh, Jeezy putting out really banging like that over over some of the Gucci classics. You know, I, I can't I can't see it happening. But you, you never know. You know, they 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 uh they they both legends. Yeah, I mean they both ATL legends. Uh, we we see how it go down. Um, I, I I just hope for our our sake, the viewing public, that they get them in the same room together and we can see some uh some fireworks. Yeah, I mean we might see our first uh verses where where hands get thrown. Oh, that would be good. But I don't know. You know, I don't want to see them get knocked out on on, uh, on live IG. But you know, <laughs> it would be great. But <laughs> But um, so let's jump to the week ten picks. Oh, my fault. Who do you? So out of the twenty songs, how many songs are you giving Jeezy? I'm giving him five or six at max, maybe seven. Man, I you might be more generous than me. Uh, I I say like three, four, maybe five. Like I don't know. I don't know. Twenty. Once you get twenty songs beat, it's also it's it's a little tougher. You might be right. Five or six is is probably a, a little better. He he can't get completely destroyed. Um, but yeah, okay, yeah, you know what? I, I I'll go five or six. I, he can't get completely destroyed, but I I, I just don't see it, there's any way that Jeezy comes out with a win. So yeah, but yeah, let's let's hear your picks, man. Uh, the 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 Giants are already out to a seven zero lead over the Eagles, so Perfect. it's it's I had, I had him as plus ten in a teaser. Perfect music <laughs> in my ears. Uh, let me start it off. So I got the, I got oh damn, Texans delay. I got the, I got the Browns winning, even though I low key wanted the Texans to win, but I think I'd have picked the Browns in my pick them, so I'm gonna stick with them. Uh, I picked the Lions. Uh, uh, Matt Stafford. I, I had them winning the NFC North. Don't ask me why. It's my wild card. Everybody has to have one. Packers. I picked the Packers over the Jaguars. I had the Giants beating the Eagles. Uh, I picked the Buccaneers over the Panthers. Raiders over the Broncos. Um, I picked the Dolphins over the Chargers, even though I, I love my guy Justin Herbert. Um, I took the Cardinals over the Bills. Took definitely took the Seahawks over the Rams. I don't know how they're the underdog. It's crazy. Um, took the Saints over the 49ers, Steelers over the Bengals, and of course the Ravens over the Patriots. And I took the Vikings over the Bears. That's my upset pick. All right, and I'm I'm gonna get into my picks. Yeah, you know I mean, uh, I had I had uh, I had Tennessee over over Indianapolis. Um, that didn't that didn't necessarily work out for me. Um, 
Green Bay oh, over Jacksonville. Um, you know, I, it was it's amazing a couple of weeks ago that the, the, the Packers got smoked by by the Vikings and now the Vikings look like they're on a roll. Um, but if you but if you lose to Jacksonville, you you really should just quit the season. So Aaron Rodgers, if you're listening to me somewhere, brother, uh, get that W. Uh, the Eagles over the Giants, even though they're down early again. If you lose to Daniel Jones, just quit. They bench almost Car- lost last week. Bench bench Carson, bench Carson Wentz and put in Jalen Hurts. If you can't beat the the goddamn New York Giants. Um, Lions over the Washington football team. Um, free Dwayne Haskins, please. Like, free, free my brother. Like, what? Get, get him on the field. Like, get out of here with all this. Uh, I, I'll take the Las Vegas Raiders. Still extremely weird to say that. Las Vegas Raiders over the Denver Broncos. Miami over LA. Uh, shout out to a, but the, Miami's defense is really where I'm leaning on that one. Uh, you know, they've been, they've been caking up in the last few weeks. Uh, I have the Bengals and an upset over Pittsburgh. Uh, ben Roethlisberger banged up, uh, banged up his knees against the, the Cowboys. Defense didn't look all that special against the Cowboys. Um, and then not to mention it, Ben really hasn't been practicing all week. He's been on the COVID-19 list. Uh, I think all that probably – means uh the, the Bengals have, have a chance to steal that one um plus love me some Joe Burrow um so Bengals in a close one uh New Orleans over San Fran uh Seattle over the Rams Great uh, I, I've been I, I've been really pushing my Mahomes over over Russ uh rhetoric lately but I I mean Russ is Russ is just that guy he's gonna put up points um Shout out! Shout out to the Seahawks. Uh, Baltimore over New England. I think I think that's a pretty easy choice. Um, I, I did like how Lamar spoke glowingly of Cam Newton in the press this week. Really said he looked up to Cam growing up. So it'd be yeah, not really a passing of the torch per se, but I, I guess it's more like a, a hood passing of the torch. Like you know what I mean? Cam has kind of been uh, the black QB for for a while, and now you can kind of pass that torch off to young Lamar. So. Uh, that that'll be that'll be fun to watch. And then uh, Monday night got Minnesota over Chicago. I think I think the Vikings are rolling. Like I said earlier, Dalvin Cook's been been hooping. Damn! So that um, means you picked probably, him to pick him probably, Yeah, yeah. He's probably he's probably winning you your fantasy league, right? Don't you got Dalvin on your fantasy? Oh yes. Uh, oh my God, he's been killing for me. Let's go. Yeah. So you know, I I like them over the Bears. The Bears were were imaginary players. They were fools gold. Fools gold. So you know, I keep keep it rolling, Dalvin. Uh, yeah. I mean, keep getting them checks, Kirk Cousins, the the most mediocre QB of all time. Yeah, man. Why why are Bears hating on my man Kirk, man? Captain Kirk. (laughs) (laughs) I I I like Kirk, but the man is definitely a a ski mask all star. He he's uh. He's the face of mediocrity, man. Uh, but you know, type of guy I'm sure that the uh, the Cowboys would love to have at this point, uh, because no. media, mediocre QB would probably win the Cowboys the NFC East right now. Yeah, it surely would. But uh, I like that. I see a rumor with Justin Fields. I was like, oh, beautiful. It was like if we fall down to that top two pick and get Justin Fields, I was like, man, I'm all for that. I love Dak, but whew, that boy Justin Fields different. I, I think, uh, man, that's that's super interesting that you brought that up. I, I was thinking about that a lot this week. Um, at what point, if you're the Cowboys, do you say if if the Cowboys hypothetically get the second pick? I don't think it's very likely, but if they were to get that second pick. I think I would seriously consider trading Dak and taking Justin Fields at two. Um, you're getting a guy who's younger, fresher, obviously Dak coming off an injury. It sucks to say that, but at the end of the day, I mean, you, you don't know how a guy's going to come back after a catastrophic injury like that. So I don't know, Justin Fields with all those weapons, that sounds like fun. Plus the picks you would get for trading Dak, you could probably get a, you might even be able to get a first for Dak um so I don't know to me it's it's definitely something worth thinking about even though Jerry Jones has been very tight-lipped about it 
he's been very much uh, pro Dak in the press. But you gotta imagine that they're thinking about that somewhere in those back rooms. Yeah, they're smart. They gotta be. So I wouldn't have a problem with it. Uh, I'm sure my cousin would because he's a diehard Dak fan. But you know, if they ain't really trying to pay him and they scared about his, his, his knee, this would be this, this the wise decision to go after Justin Fields. You gotta imagine. Maybe, maybe I'm also uh, being just super optimistic about the Cowboys right now, but. They, they, I can't imagine they would fall to number two just because they have so much talent, and maybe they did find a little something in Garrett Gilbert. Oh, they got to start. We're, we're tanking. We are tanking. You, you think they're in full tank mode? Yes. Yes. Okay. Anytime we start Dustin Gilbert, I don't know. They talking about bringing. Just, I feel like if we lose next week, we're definitely in full tank mode. Okay. I see. See, I, I, I thought the performance against the Steelers. I mean, obviously, look, the Cowboys are the Cowboys. They're not a good team. But they, but I thought with Gilbert, it, it at least gave them a chance. And again, they still have, again, you know, Amari Cooper, uh, CeeDee Lamb, uh, Michael Gallup. Uh, they have so much talent on the outside. Uh, if you can get, get a guy in there who can just spread the ball around a little bit, um, it gives them a chance. I feel like they got to pick up some wins. They play, they play the Washington football team. Uh, you we know, lost they, Remember that we got our ass kicked. Yeah, but that, but again, that was, but again, that was Andy Dalton though. Uh, with with a guy like a Garrett Gilbert, maybe it gives them a chance to pick up a couple wins. I don't know. It's it's possible. Um, but I think if they, I think if they do fall to number two, you really gotta. How do you not take Justin Fields if you have numbered the number two pick? How do you justify not taking him? Yeah, it'd be like kind of ludicrous. Yeah. Um, so. But yeah, you know, I definitely, well, I would love to see my guy Justin Fields in the Cowboys jersey. It'd be a beautiful sight. Yeah, it, it it'll be it would be great to see him with America's team. Uh, don't know if it's gonna happen, but we, we got to see what's gonna play out here. But yeah, uh, with the uh, the week this week in the NFL season is gonna be really interesting. Chiefs are one game behind the Steelers, and they're off. So I will be very much paying, be paying attention to Cincinnati and Pittsburgh uh, at 425 on the East Coast. It's going to be it's going to be a good one. Oh yeah, you're praying yeah, they uh, beat them. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, just a little bit of prayer, you know what I mean? Just a little bit. You know what I mean? Shout out to my man Joe Burrow. And hey, did you see the comment they, that uh, Chris Collinsworth said when he got when he when they played the Eagles and it was like he, he after he got took that big hit from Brandon Graham or, or um, one of Malik Jackson one of them to and he was like, he's like, if later, later on in my career, I'm gonna get that call. I said, this guy, this guy's on another level. I like this kid. He's a, he's a special one, man. He's a special one. I, I like, I like Joey. He's a special one. Love the confidence, man. Love the confidence in that kid. I feel like he's gonna be a great player soon, and can't wait to see him get a few. I like, I, I can't wait to see him get a few more uh, weapons. Um, Love T. Higgins and uh, what's it? What's the other guy? Tyler Boyd. Yep, and and, and AJ Green is yeah. He he he's sort of on. on everybody, everybody love. I, I'm I think the only guy that's like a real is like I, I always say like AJ Green. AJ Green is washed, and I was like people just looking at me like I'm crazy, and then now they're like, oh okay, maybe he might be right. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's 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 definitely on the down downward trend. Uh, he, he's not the same guy that he used to be, but. You know, uh, I I, uh, I expect that the Bengals will start putting some some more young talent around Joe. And honestly, it's the offensive line. If they can get him a line to protect him, I worry about Joe because he's going to get the hell beat out of him all season. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that offensive line is crazy. They got to fix that. But, you know, I feel like he's going to be a great, great asset to that team. Yeah, for sure. It, it it'll be it'll be interesting seeing how they how they push through moving forward. Well, yeah, man, bro, appreciate you coming out. For sure, for sure. Yeah, get next week so we can talk about them top ten point cards. Oh man, I, Ashley's gonna kill me, man. But we we got to get into it. I, there's look through uh, people listening at home. Look through the record the record books. There's nobody on Steph's level. Except for Magic Johnson, obviously Magic. I don't. I don't think Steph has surpassed Magic just yet. But nobody else has played at at uh, the MVP level 
and won the championships that Seth has. So oh, I totally agree with you, brother. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm just glad you didn't say number one. So I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I got, got, got to maintain uh, some realism out here. But uh, Steph Curry is that guy. Oh, yeah. All right, brother. All right, brothers. We use out here. Stay cool. Uh, <laughs>